welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And we would love to hear from you. So today, we would love to hear your questions or your comments. It's Monday, it's live. Please give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. If you are calling from North America, you can reach us at 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at ewtn.com and check us out on Facebook. Well, the question for today's show is this. Why is the life and the legacy of the martyr, Father James E. Coyle, worth remembering and of significance. And so in the past, we have talked about Father Coyle. We will celebrate this Friday at uh, the cathedral. August 11th, August 11th we'll celebrate um, his passing and his uh, celebration. And that mass will be at 10 a.m. at the cathedral in downtown Birmingham. And EWTN is going to broadcast it live, Father James E. Coyle Memorial Mass at 10 o'clock Friday, August 11th, and then we're also going to air the Father James E. Coyle Life and Legacy documentary right before Mass at 9.30 Central Time. So, you have a great love affair with Father Coyle, um, and I know you want to share about you know, his impact yeah. on your life and what he has done to you and through you and the celebration of, of his great well, life. We'll get to do that, but we want to pitch first to a little promo on the life and legacy of Father Coyle uh, about the documentary that you'll get to see on EWTN come Friday, uh, 9.30 Central Time, 10.30 Eastern Time. Let's go to that now. I discovered Father Coyle when I first moved to Birmingham, Alabama. This Catholic priest had been assassinated for performing what they thought was an interracial marriage. The killing took place in broad daylight in front of a street full of witnesses. It was like one of the trials of the century to see if a man would be prosecuted for killing a Catholic priest in the Deep South. And the answer was, yeah, they would get away with it. If you go into the jury room and throw out the evidence, you will have all the narrow-minded, redneck people come out and pat you on the back. But for the remainder of your lives, you will have your conscience to prick and sting you. Father Coyle knew what he believed. Father Coyle lived what he believed. And Father Coyle laid his life down. Many people may not know that much about Father Coyle. So the documentary which we put together um, is going to describe to you exactly who he was and what took place. An amazing Irish missionary priest who came over in the late 1800s to do missionary work here in the state of Alabama, South Alabama primarily. It was one diocese at that time, uh, the Diocese of Mobile. Now we have the Diocese of Birmingham. And Father Coyle was a brilliant guy, educated in Rome. His parents were educators. Um, and lived during a time when England ruled the Irish there. And uh, he put that freedom fighter heart into the priesthood because he thought Ireland should be ruled by the Irish. But came to this country, planted numerous churches, uh, worked as a rector at a school down there, and then came up in 1904 to 1921 in Birmingham to St. Paul's, which is now the Cathedral of St. Paul. And uh, he was a man for all people. And he was a man that had really respected the dignity of every human being. 
Um, he started the first black school. Um, he welcomed the Maronites, the Melkites, to give them room and space. Uh, he worked during this kind of industrial and coal revolution that was going on. And so people were coming from all over, different parts of the world, uh, especially you know, Irish people coming over, Germans, Italians, uh, Middle Eastern people. So he loved all people, mm. and he had that common touch. And then in about 19, uh, 1915 or so, so he was in 1904 to 21, 1915, there became a growing anti-Catholic bigotry. Um, and it had to do with how you win elections and to go anti-Catholic and you mobilize other groups to vote for their candidate. Anyway, Father Coyle's life was under threat for many years. And he knew that, the FBI knew that, this animus against the Catholic Church, uh, culminating in his doing a wedding between a dark Puerto Rican uh, Catholic and a convert girl, and he was killed in cold blood uh, after doing that, that wedding. So th there's more to share, uh, but he, he was really a martyr for the faith, hasn't been declared an official martyr. He's always reported as a martyr, and so hopefully we can begin that process to have him officially declared as a martyr and then a blessed. So why is a life like Father James E. Coyle, this priest who knew what he believed, lived what he believed, and modeled the way of Christ even unto death? Why is this worth, why is he worth knowing and remembering? So call in with your questions or your thoughts on today's topic. 1-800-221-9460, everything Father Coyle today. We'll be right back, plenty more, don't go away. Welcome back. Well, remember that we're taking your questions and your comments on our show today. So if you're watching, it's Monday and we are here live. Please give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. Outside North America, you can always reach us at 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at ewtn.com. And so the question for today's show is why is the life and the legacy of the martyr of Father James E. Coyle worth remembering and of significance? You know, Joy, as we're speaking about <clears throat> Father Coyle, we want to remember all of his kin and dear friends uh, in Ireland. Uh, we thank God for their lives and we are very aware of the sacrifice that was made in Father Coyle coming to the United States of America. His, well, I was going to his losing his mm. life. Um, he didn't just lose his life. He didn't just pass away. He was murdered. He was assassinated for the faith. And so we give thanks for the treasures of all the Irish missionary priests that came over at that period of time, the late 1800s and, and onward, and all the priests that are coming over now from India and other places and, and to, to minister to the United States of America. Joining us over the phone is Ferris Stevens. Ferris is the former Assistant Attorney General of Alabama and Chair of the Alabama Educational Television Commission. Ferris, you there? Yes, I'm here. Ferris, it's wonderful to have you, and uh, you're a dear friend. Your family is longtime you know, Birmingham people, Alabama people. And it's mm -hmm. not all that long ago. I mean, it's 102 years, but 102 years isn't all that long, a couple of generations there. And your family was very familiar with Father James E. Coyle. And you personally have been a real devotee of Father Coyle. So just share with us 
why Father Coyle moves you so, why he is such a significant figure that should be emulated and, and remembered? Well, uh, Father Coyle was, uh, his life and ministry showed him to be an extraordinary priest in an extraordinary time, uh, and as you said, a, a martyr of duty. And um, I made myself a uh, student of Father Coyle. My, my first exposure to Father, Father Coyle's story was when I was a youngster and we were going through family photos at my grandparents' house, and I ran across a professionally created picture of a postcard of a priest. And I asked my father if that was relative, and he said, no, this was a holy pastor at St. Paul's who was murdered by an individual who was a minister because Father Coyle officiated the marriage of that preacher's daughter and a Puerto Rican Catholic. And he explained that the, uh, the Ku Klux Klan created the postcard I had, uh, and it's uh, an unidentified member sold it door-to-door -door in the Catholic community after mm -hmm. Father Coyle's murder to raise money so that the Klan could hire Hugo Black uh, to get the murderer off. And so, um, so and, and at, the, at that time, my father, this, when my father was telling me this, Hugo Black was a sitting member of the United States Supreme Court. And um, he, he explained some of uh, Hugo Black's deceptive trial tactics. Um, he would pull the court, he would pull the shades down to make uh, 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 Pedro Augustman, uh, the person that, um, Stevenson had, um, uh, anyway, he, he made him try to make him look black, is what, what I'm saying. And so uh, there's other personal connections I had as well. Um, uh, I grew up in Lakeshore Drive, and, in, and that site's where Hugo Black took the Klan oath before 25,000 Klansmen. Mm. And I was baptized at a later Sorrows Church, and that's the parish where Ruth Stevenson uh, became Catholic. So um, there's a lot of historical accounts out there, and there's a, there's a book by of course, Sharon Davies and Rising Road in a shorter condensed version by um, Judge William Pryor. And of course, there's the Father Coyle Legacy website. But, um, uh, but uh, he, Father Coyle is an, uh, was an advocate for the poor, the sick, and the many thousands of immigrants who came to Birmingham area to live and work. And as you said, they were uh, had all Italian heritage, Irish, Lebanese, Spanish, um, anti-Catholic way was sweeping, uh, and um, mm. one reporter uh, I read called it, um, at that time, Birmingham was the hotbed of Catholic, anti-Catholic fanaticism. And so this was a booming steel town because it was the only place on earth where all three ores to make steel were found in abundance, uh, uh, iron ore, coal, and limestone. And so he came at a young age, and um, he became the face of Catholicism. He, he had prepared himself to do this job as a young man. He was a priest at 23, yeah. and um, and he eventually came here uh, to then uh, a mission area. He was very articulate in defending the faith and in articles in the newspapers. He advocated for the d dignity of every human life. And, um, and he would explain away in the newspaper by articles and, and, um, and uh, letters to the editor, attacks and misconceptions uh, about Catholics. Yes. And he even used poetry, uh, which is sometimes a more subtle instrument for delivering, for, for delving into the depths of, of the human condition. Um, you know, we, we have converse, when we have confirmation, uh, uh, we receive the sacrament and we make a promise to defend 
the faith and word and actions uh, for the rest of our lives. And anyway, he was a powerful example in the community. He, he tended the sick at St. Vincent's Hospital. Um, and when he first came here as inaugural sermon at Mass, he, uh, he, he recorded his, he, he kept a record of his uh, sermons. And it said, uh, he asked God uh, for he and them to, in the great work before us in God's kingdom to, quote, make the spiritual keep pace with the material progress yeah. of this great city yes. and winning all hearts to it. That's true. And, uh, and al- alongside that, uh, you know, you have the Ku Klux Klan who, uh, who rebranded itself as a patriotic organization. And uh, they would, as he explained the church, explained uh, what was going on, and they would bring in converts that, that made them livid. And uh, as you mentioned, the FBI told Bishop that uh, that uh, okay. there were credible threats that you know they were going to burn uh, clams, going to burn St. Paul's Church to the ground, and they constantly had threats against him. It could have seemed overwhelming to to someone to come in and have to minister to thousands of people, and at the same time have to face those other thousands that were trying to harm you for yes. telling the truth of the faith. Yeah. Um, and as um, uh, and so anyway, Ruth Stevenson was literally inclined, and she was intrigued with the uh, Catholic faith and eventually converted. Yes. Um, the, um, but the, um, many through the years uh, have said that Father Coyle has all the ingredients of sainthood. And um, 102 years later, there's a, you know, now we have a, a Father Coyle Knights of Columbus, an uh, order of ancient Hibernians uh, for Father Coyle chapter. And, uh, and, and there's a Holy Name Society dedication in St. Paul's Cathedral for Father Coyle. And, and um, even the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, uh, internationally known, it has a separate dedication for Father Coyle. Uh, his story was two generations before the American Civil Rights Movement. Yeah. And, uh, of course, as you mentioned, there's a yearly mass of the last few decades uh, on August 11th to celebrate his um his legacy yes. and pray for his repose. And, uh, and understand that there's um, the local bishop, uh, Bishop Stephen Reka, is open to discerning a cause yes. for canonization in his regard. Um, well, thank you, Ferris. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your, your insights, giving us such a wonderful overview of, of Father James E. Coyle. Thank you, and look forward to seeing you at the Mass 10 a.m. Central Time on Friday. And we want to invite everybody who's in striking distance uh, to come to the Coil Mass. EW10 will cover that live and to watch the documentary at uh, 9.30 Central Time, 10.30 Eastern Time on his life and on his legacy. So, and the bishop from Mobile will be celebrating Archbishop Rohde from mm-hmm. the Archdiocese of Mobile is coming up. He'll be the celebrant and he will be sharing. Archbishop Rohde uh, really understands the life and legacy of Father Coyle, and every one of his seminarians that goes to seminary before they're going to be ordained, he gives a copy of Sharon Davies' Rising Road. So mm-hmm. go, go to fathercoyle.org, fathercoyle.org. That book is there. A shorter book that I've written on Killed in the Line of Duty is there, other books. Uh, Father Coyle prayer cards, which are really beautiful. But Archbishop Rohde gives a copy to every seminarian about to become a priest Mm. uh, about Father Coyle, that priest that ministered in that diocese down south years ago, who would not uh, 
who would stand so boldly even when the FBI was saying they're going to kill you. Mm -hmm. uh, the bishop at that time called Father Coyle down uh, from Birmingham down there and he said, look, you know, you're, you're in the papers all the time. You, you're challenging people to debates, what they have to say about Catholicism. And he was a great apologist of the faith and had respect for every expression of the, of the Christian faith. But he would want to clear up uh, things that were unclear. And uh, the bishop finally called him down and said, look, you, 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 you might need to back up a little bit right. because here's the FBI records for the several years that they want to assassinate you and kill you. And Father Coyle said to the bishop you know, at that time, he said, look, you know, maybe I'm too outspoken regarding the Catholic faith, um, but if we don't get backbone as Catholic people, they're going to come after us to kill us anyway. And, and, and they did shortly thereafter. That He was assassinated in cold blood after he did this, this wedding. But it wasn't just the wedding that he did, which they saw as interracial, as mm -hmm. Ferris was saying. For years, his life was in the threat. For years, he didn't cower back. He did not go back to Ireland. And on the day that he did that wedding, he met with a group of priests. And he said to them, you know, uh, Reverend Stevenson may kill me today. And so he knew that could happen. Lo and behold, one hour after doing the service, he went out and was praying on the porch. Every evening he would say his prayers on the rectory swing and porch area because he was a priest that was in between the sanctuary and in between the people. Right. He was a patron of the porch. And sometimes he'd share with people, sometimes he'd go for a walk with people so that they could see what a Catholic looks like mm -hmm. and see the respect he had for all people. And so he was killed about an hour after the service and died about an hour later. That began one of the biggest trials in the history of our country. And after five days of trial with mostly a Klan jury and judge, uh, he, uh, they allowed the uh, minister off uh, for temporary insanity. That led to one of the largest uh, funeral services in the history of Birmingham and in the state of Alabama. And uh, he was given his gun back after a five-day trial, and he went about you know, doing his, his ministry. Father Coyle's last words, 18 volumes of writings Father Coyle has, I have the privilege of working through those. His last words before his assassination recorded were these, give, give until it hurts, then and only then is this sacrifice. Give, give until it hurts, give your life away, give your money away in the service of the Lord. That was his heart, that was his spirit, and he spoke that right until the day and the moments of his death. What a great man of God, and so you'll get to see the Mass on EWTN Friday, uh, 10 a.m., and then the documentary right before that. So we'll be right back. There's plenty more to come. Please don't go away. Welcome back. Well, before we wrap up today's show, we're going to go to Rome to check in with beautiful Joan Lewis. Now, Joan, what's the latest news from Rome this weekend? Well, greetings, Jim and Joy. Greetings from Rome. You know, if World Youth Day was a symphony, the crescendo would have surely been Sunday, when one and a half million faithful, including 10,000 priests and 700 bishops, filled Lisbon's Tejo Park for the closing papal mass. Now, most of those present had spent the night in the park after a spectacular and very moving vigil. Sunday was Pope Francis's fifth day in Lisbon, of course, and these were days marked by extraordinary 
group and individual meetings. In fact, there was one with a 106-year-old Portuguese woman who was born on the very day that Mary appeared to the three young shepherd children in Fatima. Now, in those five days, the Pope, um, he had heard confessions, he met with victims of sexual abuse, he addressed charity workers, he spoke at a university, he had lunch with 10 of the Youth Day pilgrims, and then he also presided at an interreligious meeting, and so much more. Now, Friday, as you know, Pope Francis presided at the Way of the Cross in Lisbon's Edward VII Park, and he reminded the 800,000 young people present that Jesus continues to talk to us today. He walks with us. He fills us with love and hope for each one of us. Saturday, of course, was extraordinary. The Pope was at the Fatima Shrine itself, and he prayed the rosary with 200,000 faithful, and they prayed for world peace. Now, of course, he reminded pilgrims at that meeting that Mary always comes in haste to our aid, and she shows us the way forward in our lives. Now, you have to ask yourself, in these days, how many times did the Pope go off script? He spoke with such passion from his heart. How many times in those days did the Holy Father, his face registered extraordinary emotions? Sunday, of course, the closing mass was the Feast of the Transfiguration. And here's some wonderful words that the Holy Father said Sunday. He said, we too need light, a burst of light that is hope. That light is Jesus. We become luminous, we shine. When welcoming Jesus, we learn to love like him. To love like Jesus makes us luminous, and that leads us to do works of love. And the Pope then asked young people, he said, shine, listen, and be unafraid. And then, using the Portuguese word for thank you, for gratitude, obrigado, the Holy Father focused on that concept. And he said, now as we return home, the Lord makes us, in turn, feel the need to share and to give, to bear witness joyfully and eagerly to the good that God has poured into our hearts. Now, the Holy Father, of course, clo closed the 37th World Day, uh, World Youth Day by announcing that the next one will be held in Seoul, South Korea in 2027. Well, that's it from Rome, all about Lisbon, of course. Back to you. Joan, thanks so much for that encouraging report. Uh, join us next time for an interview with Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne B. Salonen. Together they have written a book entitled, What Would Monica Do? We will be discussing how parents can look to the example of St. Monica for consolation and inspiration when bearing the cross of having children who have left the faith. We spoke about Father Coyle today. Let us be about him. Let us give and give until it hurts, because then and only then, they're sacrificed. God bless you and all of your loved ones. Bye now.